I'm Natalie Heacock. And I'm Chelsea Brown. And this is Lumber Slingers. Each podcast, we will be bringing you relevant and useful industry information, including interviews with top lumber professionals and discussion of current events in the industry. Whether it be lumber grading, industry and market trends, or who's who in lumber, we hope to extend your current tally on industry knowledge. Hello, Natalie. Hi, how are you? Great. How are you doing? Good. Happy April Fool's. Oh yeah. It's my favorite holiday today. I know. I was wondering (laughs) if you were going to bring an April Fool's to this podcast. Nope, but I'm hiding some in my pocket. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I am so excited today for our guest because we're going to talk about something that's very relevant to being a female in the lumber industry. And we're so lucky today to have Bethany Doss with us uh, from Capital Lumber. Welcome, Bethany. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I hope it's not an April Fool's joke that you guys had me on here, but (laughs) I'm so excited. (laughs) Bethany brings 13 years of industry experience. She started at Capital Lumber as a controller, and she's currently a business manager for Capital in Healdsburg, California. Bethany uh, graduated from Arizona State University with an accounting degree. And most recently, she was the NALA chairman for 2021. I have to say it was very inspiring to have a female leader in that role. It was really fun to watch. And Bethany had to deal with a lot being that it was during COVID and kind of handling all the punches that came her way. So we're so excited to have you here. Welcome to Lumber Slingers. Thank you. I'm so excited. I've heard so much about this podcast. So I am <laughs> pumped to finally be able to join and and hear. And this is my first podcast I've ever been on. I listen Yay. to a lot of podcasts, but I've never been on a podcast. So I'm, I'm very excited. Oh, we're so, well, we're so lucky to be your first. Yes. Very, yeah. Yeah. It's very exciting. That's awesome. awesome. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Could you just give us a little brief overview? I was shocked. We came to Natalie and I came to visit you in Healdsburg, which by the way, was like the best day of my life. We had so much fun (laughs) and I was so shocked at everything. Like, you know, the ins and outs of capital, um, especially when you toured us through, I was just like blown away with everything, you know, and do, could you give us a little overview of what you do in your current role at capital? Yes. Well, apparently I sold you well because I do not know. (laughs) I do not know all, but I have been with Capital for 13 years. And before that, I worked at another lumber company for five years. So I've been in the lumber industry for 18 years, all on the distributor side. But Capital is really where I've grown and learned the ins and outs. And oddly enough, that started in our corporate office in the accounting side. And so I moved to, you know, I'm originally from Phoenix, born and raised, and then I moved to East Lansing, Michigan, which is where I ended up working for a company called Schultz, Snyder & Steel, which was then acquired by a company called North Pacific. Um, Once North Pacific went out of business, then I had an opportunity, oddly, to go back to Phoenix to work for Capital, which is where our headquarters are. And so I started there, and it was funny because, you know, I think in some companies, Working at corporate is where you've hit it, right? That's kind of like, oh, you're in the ivory tower and things are going great. And it could not be more untrue at Capital. And I'm pretty sure no one's going to listen to this, so I won't offend anybody at our corporate <laughs> office. But, and it's, I mean, our president at the time, Sam Sandegrad, he would just very open about that. He's like, here's the thing. We are very decentralized. You are not going to learn anything about our business sitting at this desk doing journal entries. 
And I kind of laughed and said, yeah, yeah. Right. Cause I was 24, 26 years old. And it became abundantly clear that that was 100% accurate. And part of that is uh, by design. Our ownership fully believes that decision-making should be um, held regionally out in the field, all of that product decisions, sales decisions, really from top to bottom. And so I became bored very quickly at corporate. I couldn't, I didn't really have an impact and it was, I was doing journal entries and enjoying the accounting side of things, but nothing was going to be changed with what I did. I was just accounting for things. And so an opportunity came up in Healdsburg and for this role, which is a weird role in our company, it's called business manager. And it's, it's almost like a mini controller. And I do it for two locations. So I do it for Sacramento and Healdsburg, but it's really having your hand in operations, admin and sales. And so one of my first experiences when I moved up here was I bought a product line. I brought or I bought trucks ducking and trucks railing. And that was a really good experience for me because it got me entangled into sales and product management and pressure and really learning the business from how to buy from manufacturers, what that looks like. Um, I was not very good at it. And so that was not something I wanted to do long-term. And so, but, but the point of that is that I got a good experience. And so that's really what pushed me more into operations. And I really loved that side of our business because that, at least for capital, and I maybe argue for most distributors, is where the lifeblood is of what we do is it's basically pulling inventory and shipping it. And it's where we had the ability to improve the most, specifically in our locations. And so I really dove into, and I mean, that's not what I do. That's not, I don't have any experience in that world. I've never worked in a warehouse. I've certainly never driven a forklift, but I really just dove into it hundred percent and loved that side of it and really got to know the people on that side because at that time, and we still continue to struggle, but getting talent in that operations side was hard for us. Healdsburg, California is in the middle of wine country where the average house price is, you know, $875,000. And so wild, it's nuts. And so trying to get, you know, a forklift position filled is very difficult for us. So that's well, a long way of saying that I think where I've, one of my favorite parts about working at Capital has been the opportunity to dabble and not be an expert in anything, but dabble in a lot of different things. And for me, that's a really good fit. That's really what has, I always tell people in interviews, you know, you always get the question, what's your favorite thing about working at this place or whatever. And it's, it's always my answer is I've gotten to learn so many different sides of our business because they had the faith and kind of that, well, if you want to learn it, go for it um, type of mentality. And so that's really how I dabbled, definitely not got any expertise in, but dabbled in lots of different things. Oh, that would make sense why you you know and understand so much about the company. And I guess since we didn't tell our listeners, if they don't know who Capital is, which I don't know anybody who would listen who doesn't know who Capital is, uh, primarily West Coast distribution, and you go up to the Rocky Mountains um, with your Denver branch, and that's about as far as you go. Um, but all building products, um, you do some engineered products as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Engineered wood, um, dug for timbers, trucks, you know, composite ducking. We're a big siding and railing branch up here. 
we do engineered wood. Yeah. So just kind of that typical stuff. We do a lot of plywood out of this location and then screws and stuff like that. And do you know how many, I'm sure you do, how many locations you guys have? We have eight. And again, we're, okay. we're all on the West coast. So okay. yeah. big company, good reputation, a lot of good people there. We love our capital friends. <laughs> they are family owned third generation. And it's, I always say it still feels like it's family owned, even though we've grown so significantly. Yeah. Um, it still feels, you know, we know the owner, we know the owner's family. We know, you know, it's amazing. It's hard to beat that family owned, but also opportunity for growing and continuing to kind of be the best distributor on the West coast. That's what we always say our goal is. And, and that's hopefully where we're, where we are now. Yeah. And like, I like how you said that you focus on each branch kind of focuses on what they need to be doing. You're not trying to do fits one thing fits all approach because yeah. that's really how business is. And it's very regional and, and what very. each branch would need. So, yeah. um, well, let's move into the fun stuff now that we've covered the business. We, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, we actually, you know, had a conversation about what we would talk about today and we thought it would be really great to, we don't want to beat a dead horse about, oh, being a woman in the industry. But I think we all agree there's a very relevant conversation we could have here about your business leader, you're a professional, you're a wife, and you're also a mother. And I love to talk about kind of how your career has formed around that and, and how your life has changed since becoming a mom. Cause your oldest is three, four years old or no, he's, no, he's, he's almost six. Yeah. So I have an way older than that. <laughs> yeah. He'll be actually, both my kids were born in August. So I have a five and a half year old and a two and a half year old, a two and a half year old. Okay. Yeah. And I have a four and a half year old born in August. So oh, yeah, that's right. We have August. August is August. the month. Yeah. yeah. I think, you know, what Chelsea said too, is Everybody talks about being a woman in the industry, but nobody mm -hmm. talks specifically about what that means mm -hmm. as far as you know, women with children, women without children. And so I'm really excited for our topic today just because it's a different level and it's a different angle than I've ever heard anyone talk about before. Yeah, I think for me, I've been up on the panels for so many years on what is it like to be a woman in the lumber industry? And there is room for that conversation. And I've had plenty of them. I've sat next to Chelsea and had those conversations too. And I think that there's interest in that conversation, but I think for whatever reason, and I've never been able to pinpoint why, and I certainly couldn't have done it before I had children, but there is this, and again, I'm going to speak for myself. I can't speak for everybody, but there's this almost hesitancy to want to talk about the fact that you're a wife and a mother. And then you can laundry list it out, right? Friend, best friend, coworker, fellow employee, all these other things, but really first and foremost, and, and everybody's differently, but I would always put that I'm a wife first, I'm a mother second, and I'm a capital employee, third, fourth, whatever that might be. But for so many years, and, and I, I think a lot of women hesitate to talk, to want to proudly talk about that because I don't know, maybe it's, it's a taboo thing to say like, Hey, I, my kids are, my husband are the absolute number one thing in my life. And it should be like that. That will never change for me. And as much as I love my career and I love capital, it's not first or second, but it's for sure a high up there third. And I, I don't know if I was scared to say that because then did I not take my career as seriously if I said something like that? And are they going to think less of me? Um, and I think it's too bad because it's absolutely, I say this over and over, 
having children has made me 10 times better of an employee than I was before my son was born. I mean, it's just the empathy and it's a very individual thing. And so I would never tell somebody who doesn't have children that they should have children. That's not what this is about. But for me, it completely altered my life and in a good way, and but in a really hard way too, because I knew I didn't want to give up my career. I had worked so hard and learned so much and, and candidly given up a lot in my twenties so that I could have this career. And then I'm like, well, dang, now I'm going to have these, you know, little, you know, tyrants (laughs) running around my house telling me what to do. How am I possibly going to balance it? And I think people are quick to say, oh, you'll be fine. You'll balance it fine. You know, and there's this uncomfortable hesitancy maybe, and maybe you guys don't feel it at all. You know, Natalie, I know you have three children too, but it's, Almost like if we just don't talk about it, then maybe they can just manage it all at once and it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really sad because you miss the good, you know, ooey gooey details of what that does to a person, not, not, and not just a woman, but to my husband mm-hmm. and what he's given up um, in his career over the last, since we've had children, because it does change things. And so The reason I'm passionate about this subject is because to me, it does continuously prove the value that women bring to the industry because of the ability to do all of these things that we're asked to do. And for some women, I think it does alter how you do your job. For me, it's not always positive, but I am a way better manager. I have empathy that I never had. I'm a way better person-to-person conversation. I feel like I can read when an employee, and this goes down to the forklift level guy, right? If we're having a conversation or he's having issues with attendance or he's having these things and you're like, what's going on with you? You've been here for eight years. You're you're a pretty good employee. We don't have issues. What, What all of a sudden is happening? And then as soon as you ask that question, you almost inevitably always hear about family issues. And the pre- child Bethany would have rolled my eyes (laughs) and said, you know what, buddy, get it together because this is work and this is how life is. And if you can't do it, then you can hit the road. And that doesn't work as it turns out. And people don't stay working for people like that, working for companies like that. And that's not even how capital ever was. That was me. Right. Mm -hmm. But it took me having my own children, I think, to really go the whole world your whole world tilts all of a sudden Mm -hmm. and and what you find important is different and what you value is different. And I think that it would be naive to say that those do not cross over into what you do five days a week for a company. Right. Yeah. And I see, um, I guess in my own experience with somebody like Natalie, who's in a leadership position with three kids, I think also having kids um, sometimes the way she has to communicate and manage people, it's a lot like having kids, but she knows how to do it. She knows how to talk to them. And it's because she has to talk to her kids and get to the point to be successful in, in managing what's happening. So that's a really good point you make, Bethany. It is. It's crazy how often I use my two and a half year old toddler, you know, disciplinary actions as I do with like our outside sales guys. And <laughs> It works, right? Like consistent messaging, clear, concise information, you know, understanding the whys of what you did and have, you know, 
and it's hysterical because I don't think I had that in me before I had kids. It was just mm-hmm. like, well, I, this is how it works. And why don't you just do it? You know, what everybody says to do, and then you can move on. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think that, I think we'll probably talk about this, but I wish that I had had other than my own mother, who was a very good example for me. She was a stay at home mom, but her love for her children and her family was a very impactful piece for me. But other than that, that there wasn't, nobody talks about it. Nobody gets on the panel and says, you know, gosh, tell me a little bit about your children. And, and it's funny when you ask that question to people who have children, and I'm going to say this is true for men too, not just for women, their faces light up, you know, and do I really care about someone's eight, 10, 12 year old? Probably not. But I love the conversation that I end up having because you can see that all of a sudden the lights turn on a bit, right? It's, it's something that you can connect with. Mm-hmm. And I think as women, we shy away from it from time to time, because if we are too motherly, then we're not strong. If we're too caring about children, then, you know, it's this weird taboo thing. And, and I, I don't like that. And I want that to change. I think it does matter. I think, I think husbands and, and men and, and wives and all that, everyone should talk about it because it is why we're on this earth. And then if there was ever anything for us to learn over the last two years, you know, during COVID, it's what really matters, right, is safety and health of our loved ones. Um, and I saw a lot of that come out in the way that different companies handled COVID and what they did and how they, you know, what they said, what they didn't say. Um, and at the end of the day, you can always kind of parse out what's genuine and what's not. And I think that that became important to not just women, but to men as well. And I I think it's a good thing. I think the last two years have opened that door a little bit more to, you know, being honest and genuine on what's important in your life. And I hope that that messaging continues for women specifically in male-dominated industries. I agree. I think it exposed some truths about you can work from home and still get your job done. And even when you have three kids, even when you have three kids, I mean, it takes a tribe. Let's not minimize how hard that is for those who are doing it, but it's a possibility and it's not frowned. You shouldn't frown down upon those who need to do that because they can still do their job effectively. Um, Yeah. And most likely they're, they want it too. Right. You know, there was a conversation when I was pregnant with my first child that, you know, like, Hey, well, are you going to come back to work? And it was a definitive yes. Right. You know, I, I knew I was going to come back to work, but I think that there was some hesitation on, you know, is she really going to mm-hmm. come back to work? Yeah. Right. There's we'll that see. always that we'll see, won't we'll we? See. And I think that I hope, I think COVID has changed some of that. I think flex work life has changed a little bit of even the belief system in that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't get that question. My daughter was born in 2019, but I had the precedent set already with my son that I was coming back. But I do wonder if I had a child in 2020 or 2021, everyone's like, well, of course you're going to come back. You know, like who cares? It wouldn't be a thing. And I, that's where I hope we get to is, and maybe we'll go down this path or whatever. I don't love the whole, you can have it all conversation Mm -hmm. because I, it, it's not, I don't, I think that's a really unhealthy expectation specifically that we put on women, but something does have to change, right? If I'm going to have a two and a half year old and I'm going to have a five and a half year old and I choose that I want to 
volunteer in Weston's class once a month for two hours on a Wednesday, well, that's two hours that I'm not working for capital. Now, I don't, nobody at capital cares. That's not something that we deal with. And, and maybe it's because I've worked here for 13 years, but it's also because we're a family owned business and they would want me to do those things. And so I, I hope that as we get through whatever the hell these last two years were, some of those conversations become easier and you don't, you can't do it all. You're not going to be the same person that you were before you had kids. You're not going to be the same employee you are before you had kids. It doesn't mean you're going to be less of an employee. And I, I try to beat this drum as much as I can. That I am a better capital is better off with me after having children. Now there's things that have come with that, but I do really hope that one positive that we came out of over the last two years is that there's more of an acceptance and understanding of that than there was even when I first had my, my daughter. I totally agree. I think it was like light lightning speed. It sped things up so quickly. I mean, I cannot imagine being, so I worked from home one day a week for the last eight years. I could not imagine having one of my children come in on a zoom call Mm -hmm. on my day from home while I was talking to anyone from my company, I would have been mortified. And now it's like, they come in all the time. I'm like, Oh, here's my, here's my four-year-old. He wants to say hi. Okay, go, you know, so just that's even changed so significantly. And I don't feel guilty. I used to feel guilty and I put it on myself if a kid came in or I had to do something. And now, like you said, it's like, if I want to volunteer, I just do it. And Mm -hmm. A lot of that has changed. I mean, also being that we've been at the company for a long time, we've proven ourselves and our work ethic, but being able to have those conversations is a lot easier than it used to be. Yeah. I think it's a lot easier. And I think your fellow coworkers don't, you know, there used to be this thing, right? And, and again, I still think it was more harshly on women than men. And again, then you're, we're in the lumber industry where there's mostly men, where oh, of course you're out on Monday with your son who's sick because you're the mom. Well, where's your <laughs> husband, right? And, and I hated that. I hated that vibe. And I didn't, that was so hard. And I feel like that's gone away a little bit. It's not perfect. Um, it's not perfect. It's not perfect. But if I, I get think, the, um, don't you need to go home and make dinner? Oh God. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. You're like, no, I don't make dinner. We eat cereal. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well, that I still get every time I go to a NALA event or every time I go to anything traveling, who's got the kids? I'm like, you know what? I have a spouse and he doesn't babysit. He actually just, you know, he's a make sure our kids are eating and going to bed on time. It's crazy. (laughs) I have one quote I want to repeat from you, Bethany, that I just loved where you said, once you had kids, yes, you were different, but you weren't less. And I yeah. love that. It's, it is so true. It's, I'm not a less of an employee. I am different now. My life looks different, yeah. but that doesn't mean that I'm less for this company and, and my capabilities in my position. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have had somebody tell me that. I wish I would have had a woman tell me that honestly, that maybe wasn't my own mother, right? Or my mother-in-law, yeah. but somebody in my field who would say, if you're nervous about doing this because you don't want to throw all this that you've worked so hard for, you don't, don't be nervous. It's hard. It's hard to manage both. Find a good partner because if you don't have a good spouse, it makes it that much harder, but no, you can't have it all. I hate that phrase. You're not Mm -hmm. going to be able to do it. You will not be the same person, but if you're worried that you're going to lose that 
hardcore. No, you're, you're just going to be different about it. And I wish I would have had someone tell me that earlier because I probably would have had kids earlier had I had a better conversation, but I was nervous. I was so scared. I was going to lose this persona that I had, Mm -hmm. I had, you know, and I was kind of this strong female and certainly in our, you know, location, but also in our company. And then I'm like, oh God, you know, am I turning into like that girl that's just going to get married and have kids? And, Mm -hmm. and I was petrified of it, but, but it's not true. You know, I'm different, but it's for a good in a really good way. And I haven't lost the edge. And I, ha- I mean, everyone would laugh about that. If they, if I told them that I lost my edge, they'd say, no, you're the exact same bitchy Bethany that you've had been for the last 15 years. But I do wish that there was more talk about that. I wish someone had, would have the gall to say to me, do it. You're going to be okay. It's worth yeah. it. It's so great. It's not easy, but you can, you can still have a really thriving, great career and make an impact, but things are different. And your balancing has to be different. I think that by having us in these positions and as we continue to grow with our companies, it's going to change things, at least in our little corner of the world. I'm so excited for the next person that's pregnant at Patrick. I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait to support them. And when they tell me that they're pregnant, instead of saying, what are we going to do? How much time are you going to take? Yep. Instead of that response being like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited for you. Right. Yes. Yes. So that kind of leads me to my next uh, question for Bethany. If we were going to rewind, you know, you got married eight years ago, you had a baby about six years ago where you got pregnant six years ago, give or take a few months. What was your first thought going, you know, when you found out how did you handle it in the workplace and what were your thoughts around how they would, it's a very family company. It sounds like, so Mm -hmm. maybe you weren't nervous, but were you nervous to have that conversation? Yeah, I was extremely nervous. So, so both of our children were planned. So like we, we definitely, and we had tried for a whole year before we got pregnant with Weston, my first, but I was petrified to have that conversation. And it was in my own, it wasn't like, I don't even know why looking back on it. It's so ridiculous because no one ever made me feel like that. There was no reason that there was no historical precedent set before me that when somebody before me got pregnant, everybody at Capitol, you know, burned her at the stake. There was no reason (laughs) for me to feel like that. But I was, I remember having the conversation and feeling like I had to say, but I'm coming back, but I'm coming Mm -hmm. back. And, you know, it's going to be fine. And I'm still going to work five days a week and I'm still going to do all these things. And how naive that conversation must have been, even probably to my manager that I was talking to, because he had two kids and he was great about it. And he just nodded his head and said, yeah, yeah, of course, you know, that's, we support you and all that. And, but I was, it was in my own space and that I was so adamant that everything had to be the same. Everything was going to be just as good. And it was just going to be, nothing was going to change. And in reality, everything changes. And I was petrified. I wasn't scared at all for the second one, which is interesting. I think that's the benefit in so many ways of having two children is you get to get the second chance and you're, you're just so less nervous about everything. And Mm -hmm. you've lost, I think you've just, I mean, I just lost control. My five and a half year old's a complete tyrant and runs the (laughs) house. And so I've like completely put my hands up that I've lost control, but yeah, I think to answer your question, I was extremely, if I'm going to answer you honestly, I was petrified. And again, I'm a really valued employee at Capital. There would be no reason 
that I would be, should be nervous to have that conversation. And I was, and I think that if anything can come out of these conversations, whether it's podcasts that you guys are doing or Chelsea or Natalie, any of these panels that we're on, whether it's NAL or other, you know, lumber associations, it's that we need to talk about it and make it so that it's not so petrifying to have mm-hmm. a conversation about having a baby. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Right? yeah. Did you have any mentors in your, I know you mentioned your mom and, you know, I know you've had really good managers. Did you have anybody that helped you kind of navigate that? Or I know you said you wish you had somebody that's, you know, encouraged you more. I think the short answer is no, not professionally. My mentors are, I could go on on a whole nother podcast on the importance of my mentors specifically within capital. It wasn't in this arena. And Mm -hmm. and I think that wouldn't have been genuine from that. And so- You know, these are guys that have been in the industry for a long time that do have children and we're sympathetic and also pretty excited. Like, oh God, Bethany Doss is having a baby. <laughs> this is like, it, the world is changing, you know? And so, and they were very, very supportive, but no, the short answer is I had nobody other than some friends and my mom who, and in some ways, my dad, um, who had worked in this, you know, in banking for a long time. So kind of got that whole thing. But no, I wish that there was more. And I think that um, these types of conversations will help with that. I think what Natalie mentioned about the most impact you can have on any, whatever you're passionate about, whether it's, you know, diversity and inclusion and all of that. To me, I've always said that that impact has to start locally. So what do you do in your own personal life? What do you do in your own day-to-day management at your companies to make that better? And so Natalie hit on, you know, I manage for eight different women and they're not all young, but they're not all, they don't all have children yet. And so how can I make that better for them? How can I make that conversation where they aren't petrified to come in and have a conversation about getting pregnant? And I would, that would be my biggest push is for you to start locally in your own, and maybe it's a friend or maybe it's somebody who works in tech, which is heavily male dominated. And and some of those things that make some of those things easier to talk about. And I would even suggest saying it before you're asked, right? I mean, how many times have you sat in a meeting with somebody and you're like, there's this weird elephant in the room and I got to talk about it. If they would just say it, like, it's okay. You know? Mm -hmm. And so when I, when I've been put into that situation with a couple younger females in our industry, I'm like, Hey, there's nothing wrong with getting pregnant. You know, you're going to be okay. You're not, no one's getting fired. You're going to have your job and you're going to do great. I think sometimes just saying that out loud is really important. Yeah. Do you mm-hmm. think um, any of your, op- have you had any, maybe, did you feel like any having kids affected any of the opportunities at your job at mm. Capital? No, I, I don't think so. I think because I was so drastically changed from having children, I think it really made me better. And so if anything, I think there was more opportunity that happened. Again, I'm lucky. I'm privileged. I have my parents that live three minutes away that help with childcare. I know that is not the scenario for everybody. And I have a husband again, that is very involved and does a lot. And while I don't consider that a privilege as much as an expectation, you know, I I do have some of those things that have made my working life feasible and easier. And I I really do feel like it's made me succeed in ways that I wouldn't have been able to before. And even in Nala, who most of your listeners are probably aware of, 
it made me a better like board member. It made me a better committee member. I'm not sure it made me a better chairperson because it was just a weird year, but I'd like <laughs> to think it did. Um, but there was, you know, the opportunities to do some of those things. I'm not sure if I would have thrown my my hat in the ring, you know, before I had kids. And, and that's a weird reason, you know, like why? Because knowledge, there's more travel, there's all that stuff. So why did I choose to do it? And I just felt like I was in this height of my career. And it, why would I, you know, I'd always want my children to be proud of things. And, and I really felt like I wanted to continue to push forward. And so, no, I don't think that there was less opportunities. I think given how much I felt like I had changed and offered even more, and I was a more developed person, specifically in my personal life. And, and so, you know, I had a colicky baby. Weston cried from six in the morning oh. until 3.30 in the afternoon for nine weeks straight every day. Oh my God. No matter oh. what we did. Okay. And my mother would come over and basically like before I would just go bonkers and drive off a cliff, <laughs> she would come over and help. But that was an extremely difficult scenario for me who had never been put through certainly nothing like that. And really, mm-hmm. honestly, like really didn't have a very there wasn't a ton of difficulties I've faced in my life. And so it was really the first one that just threw me off of my perfect, organized, on-time, consistent life. And once we went through some of that, it was just such an acceptance that life isn't what you think it may be. And I think it made me really start to open my eyes to what people have to go through day in, day out. Mm-hmm. You guys were already out of time. It happened so Woo! fast. Oh my gosh. Oh. I think we're going to have to do a part two. Yeah, I I'm so in. Too. I don't know. There's I'm a lot in. to talk about. Such a good conversation. Yeah. Okay. Well, we end with rapid fire. So are you ready? I'm ready. I'm nervous. Okay. That's easy. I promise. Okay. What's the last book you read? Gosh, I guess I'll say Brene Brown's um, Atlas of the Heart. Oh, was it good? I haven't read it life-changing. I, I really? read all of her stuff. It was the single best book she's done. Wow. It's, I mean, it changes your mindset on everything. If you, if you're a Brittany Brown fan, you're, it's very similar to all the stuff she writes, but the content is so well done. And I, I was laughing with my best friend because it's like, you savor it. It's this weird picture book. And then there's big quotes in the middle of it. And I just get my glass of wine and I try to do like one chapter. But if I don't want to do a chapter, I just don't. And it was the most enjoyable book experience I've had in a long time. Oh, that makes me oh, you're making me want to it's have amazing. a glass of wine and read it right now. I'm telling you guys, it's amazing. <laughs> um, okay. What's the most recent thing you learned in the industry? God, I've learned so much in the last two years. Really, Nala has been such a great experience on the industry. I don't, I don't if one specific thing I've learned so much about um, supply chains and overseas um, <laughs> issues, maybe that I was not even in the realm of understanding. Again, with wholesale distribution, you buy something and it shows up three weeks later. That's literally what our life has been like for, we're not a manufacturer, right? So we don't do all the stuff that you guys kind of see on the other side, but as a distributor, you put a PO in and you get it three to six weeks later. So that's probably what I've learned most is, is how entangled it all can get and how quickly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. Yeah. Another ship stuck in the canal. Right. I mean, yeah. Come on. Exactly. Weird. Weird. Um, okay. Describe the lumber industry in one word. Family. That's a good one. We've got, have we gotten family yet? I think we've gotten people. Family's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Family's good. 
it's funny because obviously I work for family and I worked for a family owned company before it, but I think that you guys know that. And when you're involved with Nala or these other groups, you get to know these people individually. You know, at the end of the day, I know people's husbands and kids' names and their friends. And and yeah, we do business together and we're going to put some POs in for stuff. But it's about it's about those individual people. And you become, you end up becoming like a little bit of a group and family. And I don't know, there's not a, that's to me, just the first thing I think of is it's a, it's a very large network of my family members. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Last one. What's your favorite thing about the industry? Um, maybe the laughter. Cause I think the easy answer there is people, which is true. Um, it is the people that make what we do great, but it's the fun. It's the jokes. It's the, the joking and the laughter and all that, you know, we, on our mission statement, the very last thing that our previous owner, who was the father of our current owner, put is have some fun. And to me, that is what our industry does and mm-hmm. does well, is at the end of the day, we don't take ourselves so seriously that we can't enjoy what we do. And we're here more than we are anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having fun with what we do to me is what, that's my favorite part. It's what sets us apart to me from any other industry. I love your answer. Well, thank you. Yes. Everybody says people, everybody. And yeah. uh-huh. that's, and that's it is true. It, it is the people, but it's the fun. It's the stuff, right? Yeah. It's, it's the details. It's that's kind of the, that's what I love. That's it. You made it through. Woo-hoo! <laughs> thank, thank you so you. much for coming on. It's been a really great conversation. Yes. I think this is going to be very, I think we might not know, but I think it's going to definitely help some people that listen to this that might be just looking for this message. Yeah. So thank you. Of course. Anytime. And thank you guys for having me. My first podcast and I didn't, we did it. Yeah. I didn't (laughs) totally, you know, cough the whole time. I think I coughed (laughs) once. So we we survived. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you. Thank you guys. Thanks, Bethany.